What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Ghost Code Magazine podcast. I'm your host, Keefe. Today's podcast is an interview with Albert Muldrian of Decibel Magazine, and we're talking all about the Decibel Metal and Beer Fest. Third annual event takes place at the Fillmore in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, April 13th and 14th. Check it out. We'll um, jump into a, a fun and hopefully informative interview with Albert Muldrian of Decibel Magazine and the Decibel Metal and Beer Fest. How are you doing, man? I am doing well. How are you? I am terrific. Uh, so, uh, you know, congratulations on uh, this beast after just a few years. Uh, Decibel Metal and Beer Festival is coming back to Philly for uh, another round after a very successful, from all accounts, L.A. debut. Um, yeah. Great job. This bill is, in, you know, tremendous. And so I just kind of wanted to start there. I know having talked to other, you know, festival founders, how they kind of approach booking a bill. Um, so I wanted to ask you how you approach putting this lineup together. Well, I mean, for me, it's a little bit different because I feel like I have, um, <laughs> I don't want to say if it, uh, I guess the right word isn't the, um, Trying to think of how to articulate this. Uh, Decibel, the magazine itself, has is a, is a fairly established brand with a um, with a pretty recognizable aesthetic. And for me, I want to be able to mirror what we do in the magazine with what we're doing. Um, I want to be able to do that curatorially with the festival, with the band lineup. And um, that's kind of the challenge for me is like, okay, we have a pretty wide umbrella of bands that kind of fit under the decibel umbrella. Um, like, you know, Baroness are on the cover this month. Full Hell was on the cover last month. Significant uh, chasm in terms of like the sound between those two artists. Um, so it, the challenge becomes like, how do you make this dynamic? Um, how do you make this and cohesive at the same time. And, you know, basically, I, I mean, I try to build something that I would find interesting, that I would want to attend. Would I be excited to go to this? Would I make the effort to go see um, an event where I knew a band was doing a special album set or it was a rare appearance or it was a band that was... Um, going to play directly after a band they would never normally play directly after or before, uh, just kind of stuff like that. That's in, you know that's just leaving out the beer completely. Um, I think when I started, I was trying to uh, combine bands that I thought of in my head as like craft beer friendly artists to be a part of this thing, and I still ultimately would like that to be the case. But I think that as as time moves on it's getting clearer and clearer that most bands are just craft beer friendly in general, just because most more and more people are craft beer friendly in general these days. Um, so for me, it, it, you know, you don't have to be like Dave Witty to be able to perform at the event and, and, um, and have it be something that aesthetically works. So it's kind of a long winded uh, answer, but yeah, I feel like, all of that being said, you still need to put together a lineup that you think is going to draw enough people to to cover your nuts. And, um, you yeah, know, that's, that's the challenge. There's a lot of different factors at work, but I feel like the fact that we have a festival that, you know, is a two-day event that is 
not a like, billion bands. I think that like makes it a little bit clearer to people like what it's all about. Like, sure, there's bands some people aren't going to recognize on the um, on the lineup and on the ad mat, but there aren't like you know two or three dozen bands they're going to be unfamiliar with. So, from that sense, um, and I and I think that we have I think that kind of speaks to our demographic for an event like this because it's a beer fest. So. Out of the gate, there's still going to there's going to be a slightly older audience, um, and I mean, you know, I'm 43. I'd prefer not to sit through 14 bands in a day. I'd like a nice like I'd like a nice solid stretch of bands where I don't feel like I'm ready to take a nap after like three or four bands. Um, so it's about you know, pacing and making each set kind of special. And, and again, it's just like a very, um, it, uh, I don't want to say it's well curated, but it's thoughtfully curated. Let's put it that way. I, I spend a lot of time thinking who fits where and, and, um, and hopefully at the end of the day, you know, it's a lineup that people look at it and go, okay, yeah, that works. I want to go to that. Nice, I agree. And uh, I think last year, uh, certainly the LA lineup was a beast. Last year's lineup in the spring was also, you know, an awesome mix of bands. I wanted to ask about the curated performances, which you noted. Uh, you know, obviously, Obituary performing Cause of Death and Enslaved doing Frost, which is for, I think, a lot of people a huge draw. Um, do you have a hand in sort of suggesting or working with the bands on that? Or do you just kind of kick an idea to them and they come back with uh, what they're going to do? Um, well, you know, it, 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 sometimes that's the case and sometimes it's me, like, and, and each one of those situations is different. Like, as an example, like in, in LA, I pitched the idea of the, the all Celtic Frost set to Tom G. Warrior and we, we worked it out and, and he was down to do that. And I pitched, <laughs> I pitched, uh, an all the gathering set to, Testament, and they came back with a, hey, how about we do all of the gathering and all of the order, because the gathering is only like 45 minutes long. I was like, oh, wow, okay, cool. Um, and then this year, you know, I, I pitched obituary with the idea of cause of death, um, which was really cool because they've never done anything like that before. You know, Testament, I think I think they did a tour where they played all of the new order and all of the legacy at some point. Um, and obviously, Tom G. has played a set of all Celtic Cross songs in his life. Um, but for obituary, this is them kind of, I don't want to say stepping out of their comfort zone, but definitely trying something new. Uh, so for them to be receptive to that uh, has been cool. And, you know, we're fortunate enough to have really good, close relationships with a lot of these bands. You know, obituary is a veteran of the, the Decibel Magazine tour from back in 2017. So we know, you know, we know what we, we can do for them and they can do for us in that sense. Um, but then with Enslaved, it was actually their manager who pitched the idea to me. Um, in 2018 at the New York date of the Decibel Magazine tour. And I was like, dude, that sounds awesome. Let's figure that out. You know, that, that, that to me just became like, wow, this is a perfect idea for this event. Um, and the enslaved guys are super laid back and super easy to work with. So, you know, we, fi we figured it all out. And, and I got to say, like, I mean, we're only like two and a half weeks away from the festival from as of today. And man, um, the work that they have put into this performance, like they are going to have a like a bigger production for their set than any set um, 
that we've ever had at Metal and Beer Fest before. Right? And guess, well, that really, it's like pretty over the top and awesome. I don't want to give too much away, but it's just going to be, going to be pretty sick. Um, so, you know, that's something they brought to the table. So it really, you know, kind of depends on the artist and, um, and just our, our relationship with them and how comfortable we are with them really going into the thing. Cool, cool. Uh, you know, one thing that I really appreciated about the event last spring in Philly was it feels intimate. It's very small. It's not a ton of tickets. Uh, for those not familiar with the venue, the Fillmore in Philadelphia is an amazing venue. Uh, great sound. It, it looks big, but it feels small. And it's not a lot of people. Um, you know, I think it's really cool to have kind of uh, a limit on tickets. I think it's probably an unconventional approach, especially for a festival when you're thinking about having to pay all the bands and work with vendors and, you know, all the contributors and everybody. Um, but I think it's really special that it's small. If it's, it's definitely smaller than other festivals I've been to, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the idea. And unfortunately for us, like, the Fillmore has been just incredible hosts for three years and just, like, they get it. Um, and they know... You know, they, we're not going in there trying to sell 2,500 tickets, which you could sell at the Fillmore. You know, we, we like we want it to be kind of a comfortable space, and and you can still make it work financially without selling that amount of tickets. Um, I mean, especially since a lot of the the beer fest are, are the ones that include beer with the ticket, which is a, a limited amount. Like those are those are a higher price tag, so you know you can kind of make up. Um, for not having the venue packed to the rafters, but I think it just like I think it just lends to the vibe. You know, it's a it's a comfortable space, it's a beautiful space, and it's not um, overwhelmed with people. That said, we're, we've definitely sold more tickets this year than we've ever sold before, so it might be a little more cramped, but it's still not going to be like a um, you know not going to be a, like some crazy field of you know fifty thousand euros and and something you know at a at like a at a big major festival. Our, our events are pretty modest in comparison, even though the talent uh, that we have at them, I think, stacks up with pretty much anything. I agree, and I'm glad you brought that up because one thing that, uh, you know, the timing, especially for the uh, the annual, third annual East Coast uh, show coming up here is mid-April, which is also the start of festival season, so you have kind of... Uh, Europe is already sort of kicked off with, you know, Roadburn coming up uh, the same weekend, I think, and Desert Fest, London, and uh, others coming right after. So do you, have you ever uh, encountered trouble booking a band you wanted for the fest? I mean, it's, uh, it seems to be a, a decent little mix of international and uh, American, North American bands. Yeah, I mean, we've definitely had bands like that we've approached, like, oh, we're going to do Roadburn, or we got an offer from Roadburn, and metal and beer fest we're trying to figure out which one to take um but again you know we have so it's only 14 bands every year so it's not like it's not like we're in danger of running out of bands and we have like i said we have a pretty um we're a pretty wide palette when it comes to metal and beer fest appropriate bands you know you can have monster magnet and baroness but you can also have carcass and obituary um and crazy black metal bands, underground split bands, whatever. Like, we can do a lot of different things. So we're, um, we're not in any box in that sense. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, for me, I don't, I don't sweat that. Uh, I just try to keep our events, 
uh, spaced out away from other U.S. festivals. And the interesting thing is, like, not only do we have to be aware of not being up against another U.S. metal or music festival, we have to be aware of not being up against another major U.S. beer event. So, because, you know, there are plenty of events in that industry that happen annually. Um, and, like, the breweries, the bigger ones, they certainly need to attend those. So you definitely don't want to come in and have a festival the same weekend as something like Great American Beer Fest in Colorado or something like that. So there are a couple things that you end up working around that you normally wouldn't work around with, like, a straight-up metal festival or something like that. But, you know, we generally we play pretty nicely with um, the other big metal fests. I mean, I've known the MBF guys for like a dozen years, and we go there every year, and it's a great experience, and I love that event, and, you know, we actively promote them, trying to push that out, we're in a good relationship with, like, Psycho Vegas and things like that. So for us in the U.S., you know, we're not like, um, we don't really look at it as a, as a competition in that sense, because I think what we're doing also is a bit different than what everybody else is doing. Otherwise, we wouldn't have bothered to do it in the first place. Word. Um, you know, another thing that I really like about the fest is you guys always seem to have uh, some very uh, talented locals or it just happens that you get, you know, the the Northeast and Philly in particular just seems to have you know, is on a tremendous roll right now with bands up and coming and veteran. Obviously, Baroness has ties to the area, but, uh, you know, whether it's Rosetta, who have been around a bit and are amazing, as well as Heavy Temple, one of my favorite bands. Um, you know, I don't know if that's sort of a conscious effort from you guys to also keep it a little local too, but they're both, you know, everybody there is worthy. And in the past, you've also had some some semi-locals or locals who certainly belong with these other yeah, bands. Yeah, I mean, you know? Know, we've done stuff like with, you know, obviously Horrendous has been on the bill before and, and even semi-local up through D.C. and Baltimore and stuff like that. Like, for us, it's, uh, you know, we, we even though we're a Philly magazine, I feel like we, we've we never really had, like, a huge, huge Philly presence. Uh, part of that's probably because I haven't lived in Philly for uh, nearly 11 years now. Um, so that, that, even though we do have, like, people on staff um, who live in Philly and work in Philly and are heavily involved in, in what's going on there, it's, it, it does make it a little bit different. Um, but we are we are definitely aware of the Philly metal scene and music scene, and, and for us it is important to be able to give give a band like, like Heavy Temple or a band like Outer Heaven the opportunity to play at a venue like the Fillmore, which they wouldn't normally have otherwise if, if we weren't around to say, hey, let's put these guys on there. Because, number one, they're good. Number two, uh, I think they actually can positively affect a draw for people who are like friends of theirs who want to come out and, and see it. And, and three, it just feels like it's a nice way to kind of just give back to that community and and feel like we're actually helping things along. You know, like we have a we have multiple platforms of media to expose young bands and and you know, everybody in the music industry will lament the fact that there aren't these obvious avenues to promote bands like there used to be. You know, there's no MTV, there's no terrestrial radio, there aren't things like that that you could just um, step by step build a band over a couple albums or a few albums or whatever. 
So for us, it's kind of like, well, you know, we really like this band. We really like this young band. We can take them the lead review in the magazine, and then they could open a date on the Decibel Tour, and then they can do a flexi disc, and then, you know, they could play a spot on Metal and Beer Fest on the West Coast. And then, you know what? We can actually put them as the opening act on the tour next year. Like, we have like a, I don't want to say it's a system, but we, again, we have these tools uh, that allow us to, to to present those opportunities to bands. And, and for us, it's, it's just a cool, gratifying thing. You know, it's not like we see a ton out of it, but it just feels like the right thing to do. And, you know, at the end of the day, if we like the bands, we like the bands. So it's, uh, it just uh, makes sense. It's like the minor league baseball for metal. <laughs> right, yeah, we're a, we have a, we have a pretty, we have a pretty developed farm system in Philadelphia right now. Indeed. Not, 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 not with the Phillies, mind you. No. But, but, um, <laughs> but otherwise we, we do. Indeed. Uh, as we wind down, I just wanted to touch on a few more things. Uh, as a non-craft beer connoisseur, although an appreciator, and I certainly loved trying all the different beers last year, I really love that you have the brewers, a lot of them personally on site, not just pour people pouring, but actually answering questions about the beer and people asking about the process. Uh, obviously, some of the more popular names, uh, you know, obviously people know Three Floyds and True and Metal Monkey. And uh, New York City people certainly know Kings County Brewers because of their uh, you know association with banned beers and ales, but um some of the, some of the more you know hoof-hearted, some of the lesser known ones though I definitely found a lot of value in uh, you know high quality delicious uh, beers. Is there any in particular you're looking forward to or somebody new this year that wasn't on last year? Well, we have um we have some new stuff this year. We've got a a meadery for the first time is going to appear. A metal and beer fest is Delaware based. They're called Burning Horn. And, um, not only did they brew a Rosetta mead, um, a couple of years ago, but they're making a special mead for enslaved for the fest that, um, like they, they went all out. I know they, they collaborated directly with the band, like Ivar from Enslaved sent ingredients from Norway to Delaware to be included in this batch. And it's called Eternal Frost, obviously. Um, and like, it will be just available at the event. Um, so like, I'm looking forward to trying stuff like that. Like three Floyds are amazing. Obviously I only get to, I only get to drink their stuff. Um, and like at, at our, at our, at our events, you know, like not really distributed here on the East Coast. And I don't get, get out to the Midwest very often. Um, so anytime I get a chance to check out whatever they have going on, that's great. Um, there's a, a brewery that's actually not terribly far from where I live in Virginia called the Droid Theory. We were there last year. We'll be back this year and they do, they were, um, they were known that they're, on set as like for like big heavy ABV dark stouts which are like my personal favorites so they have they're really good at those and I think they kind of started branching out more into the IPA thing though to get a little more traction commercially because I guess uh, IPA is kind of the mainstream of um, of craft beers at this point but um but yeah, I mean, there are so many different things. There are some things I just never even get to sometimes, you know? Like, obviously, I'm busy with, with stuff to do, 
uh, around the event, but I know, I, I think last year I didn't even get to try the Society beer, which I was bummed about because those guys came all the way from San Diego. Um, so, yeah, I, I feel like if you're not an aficionado, but just somebody who has interest and, like, just want to try stuff, you just have pretty much anything at your disposal, style-wise. There's a mix of, of everything, whether it's, like, ales and lagers or stouts and porters or sours or whatever you're into, you can try something there. Um, but if you're a huge nerd, again, it's like it's heaven because this is like your one opportunity to get all this stuff in, in one place. So I think it's like I think it just works kind of on multiple levels, you know. Like if, if you're if you're if you're beer curious and you want to go in on it, it's going to be like I mean, it's going to be a good value ultimately because it's like the, what you would pay for like a regular pour of beer at a, at a rock show is going to be what like twelve bucks or something. Like you. You have two or three lows over the course of seven bands, like you're already gonna overpay what you would have paid for the metal and beer ticket. So I think it like I think it's kind of a win uh, for anybody who 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 is going to this event and plans on drinking something, you know. Right on, right on. Uh, just a last question as we finish oh. up, Albert, and thank you so much for your time in advance. Um, I, I yeah, I'm I'm sure you have the new fest right ahead of you, but uh, you know I have to ask. You know, LA was a success. Three years in Philly now. Uh, I imagine the, the you know this this upcoming one's going to be major. Uh, what's next for you guys? Have you thought about other cities? Are you guys going to grow this thing like in the same way that the Death Fest seemed to be mutating and growing all over the world? Is that a thing for you, or are you happy to keep it small into a few cities? Oh, uh, you know, I, I, the way I look at it is, we just kind of leave our options open right now. We uh, we are a small company um, and we are at we are at capacity issues right now in general with everything that we have to do. Uh, because, you know, there is a there is a monthly magazine uh, and there is a special issue that goes along with that. So we literally make thirteen magazines a year. Um, we have the tour which we're working on the lineup for 2020 right now, which that'll be its ninth year of the tour. Um, working on two books that are going to come out on decibel books, one at the end of this year, one in the first quarter of 2020. So it's really kind of a, it's a question of being able to balance all of it. And honestly, it's like, it's like not wanting to get too far ahead of ourselves and like, um, just really like, I mean, like Los Angeles is an example. Like, I don't feel like we, I don't feel like we have everything right in Los Angeles. We're actually going to be, we have our dates for next year and it's going to be in a different room than we had it in LA. This, when we had the first one in LA. So it's like, I don't want to, I don't want to jump on to the next one when I feel like we don't even have everything exactly where we want it with, with one of them. You know, it's like, but there's, I, I don't see us missing opportunities as a result of that. You know, I think that, I think that we can be, show a nice mix of patience and aggressiveness and like make everything um, grow at, at a rate that we're all comfortable with. And again, there are serious capacity issues. Like we are, we do a lot of shit for a, for a <laughs> So it's, um, it, it's really like any, the next thing that we would do, it's like, it would have to be 
really the perfect scenario for us. And there's things that that we've talked to people about, people, people have approached us. I mean, if I were to guess, I would say this won't be the end of the event line for us. But, um, you know, anything else that we do, it's going to have to be have to be as good as all this stuff, you know. So we'll we'll have to see what um um what comes to fruition over the next over the next year or so really. Awesome man. Well I thank you as a peer and a fan. I thank you for all that you do. Uh we love Decibel here at Ghost Cult and look up to you guys and uh of course we love the Metal and Beer Festival. Uh the third in Philadelphia is coming up April thirteenth and fourteenth at the Fillmore in Philadelphia. I believe there's still tickets available. We'll push the link out. Uh, yeah, there's, well. there's only a handful of the metal and beer ones, but there's a possibility that if we sell them out before uh, um, before the the weekend of the fest, that we'll release some more. In fact, that's a, that's something I have to check out today. Uh, but I do I thank you for the the kind words and and for the interest in even doing this because you know it is within. I mean, you understand it, I'm sure as much as anybody with like all the noise that's out there these days, like. Anybody who's like promoting an event or a product or whatever you're doing, like every little bit helps. So, so I do really appreciate it. Indeed, man. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for hanging out with the Ghost Cult Magazine podcast, Albert. Uh, and we wish you well, and I'll see you at the fest. All right, man. Take care. Take care, man. Thanks for checking out today's podcast. Follow, like, and subscribe wherever you hear these podcasts. Also check out Ghost Cult Magazine on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And finally check us out at ghostcultmag.com. We're out. Peace.